We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good. Uh, Bart Winkler show. I'm Bart Winkler. Toby Altizer is with us. Toby Altizer, Commanders fan. Who do you think Zay was rooting for this weekend? <laughs> I think he abandoned Washington, so I think I'm it serious. was the Yeah, I always ripped on Zay for being a Packer fan for the paycheck. But no, I think, I think he's a legit Packer fan now, which means he bailed on your team. Yeah. Not the right if- time to do it. I wonder if he was one of the people chanting sell the team at FedEx Field or if he's going to try to do that at Lambeau, even though you can't really do that. I don't know. Wow. Well, you're a Commanders fan, and you had said something last week that you think the Commanders suck, but the Packers are playing just poorly enough that you actually think the Commanders have a chance. Um, <laughs> they They still lose with Carson Wentz, right? They do, yeah. It was, it was an ugly football game. I, I, it's one of those that, it's a Taylor Heineke game where he can win games in the most ugliest of fashions, and you still get excited about it. That was what happened most of last year with Heineke, and I think you kind of saw that whole experience. The first quarter, Heineke didn't even look like an NFL quarterback, and then he's making throws at the end, like a, a dime to McLaurin and all those different things. And, and just a couple of things on that. Like people are going to rag on Jair Alexander for his performance against Terry McLaurin. A lot of those balls, Terry just went and got them. And like Jair maybe needs to go make a play on those. If he's going to call himself the best corner in football, but him coming out after the game and saying, yeah, sometimes that happens. Like, look, Jalen Ramsey is, perennially considered one of the top corners in football and we roast him all the time for getting beat like that's literally the name of the position when you're a number one cornerback you're going to be faced up against some of the best players in the NFL at receiver and sometimes you get beat if Jair came out there and said yeah Terry's just better than me like we'd be ragging on him too so I think Jair's still a top player in football uh, one of the top corners it just I'm glad to see Terry McLaurin's getting some recognition this week for as good a player as he is. So do they even think about going back to Wentz? Um, Because I don't know if you saw yet, but the Colts bench Matt Ryan finally. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's only, and I'm going to be at that game. 
Oh, yeah. When is that? Sunday. Sam Ellinger versus Taylor Heineke in Indy. Oh, my God. So you guys could go four and four. Yeah. Yeah. So we could be four wow. and four. So it's it's a wild place where we're at. But I don't know yet. We got to see some more weeks out of Heineke before, you know, you really make that decision. The main thing is they have that escalator clause in Carson Wentz's trade deal, kind of like they did with Philly, where if he plays X amount of snaps, then it gets from a third to a second. And I believe the threshold is 70% of snaps this year. So Carson better not hit 70% because <laughs> he's just not good. But I don't know. I, I think the game overall, it just it was very ugly. And those are the kind of games that Taylor Heineke excels in where you know, he can kind of at the last second kind of pull out Superman cape and run around and occasionally make a good play. And I think it just showed that the Packers right now just aren't a very good football team. And I don't I didn't, guess I didn't realize how dire it gotten until the last couple minutes of the game, you know, just tweeting back and forth with various people. And one Packers fans tweeted at me and said, hey, you nervous about the end of this game? You think your team's going to win? And I was like, I don't know that I am. The Packers don't scare me. And, like, it's bad that the Packers have gotten to that point that it used to be when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers rolled into your stadium, unless you were a team that felt like you could match up with the personnel, like a Tampa Bay or Kansas City or Buffalo next week, then you would be intimidated by Green Bay. And that's not the case this year. Talking with Toby Altizer, Commanders fan, so congratulations to him. Uh, Kevin Payne is going to join us. Kevin Payne from rotowire.com. Used to do our fantasy stuff on the radio show. He is a Buffalo guy, Buffalo native, Buffalo fan. So who better to talk to this week than him? That'll be coming up in a few minutes. And then, Bart on Bart action. Oh, yeah. Bart Lundy for UWM. We're going to do a little football palate cleanser and talk some college hoops at the end of this episode. So stick around for that. And if you are a Panther fan and you're like, where's the interview with coach? Who are these two guys? Uh, it's coming. Or fast forward. I don't care. <laughs> you're here. It counts for my stats. That's all, all that matters. So here's, uh, you know, you watch, you watch the Packers or you watch your team and then you watch the rest of the NFL and you realize a couple of different things. One, the Packers it doesn't seem like they have like dudes like they Micah don't. Parsons is a dude. Mm -hmm. I thought Quay Walker was playing like a dude. And then he hasn't been playing like a dude. Um, you know, you watch some of these other running backs, Saquon Barkley and you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's been hurt a little bit, but they're dudes. Even like Latavius Murray looks like a dude right now. And Aaron Jones doesn't get the ball enough maybe to look like a dude. And then, so it's, you're missing dudes. You're missing the talent. You're also missing just the simple ability to go down the field. Eight, eight plays, 70 yards, four minutes. The Dolphins and Tua doing it. The Steelers mm -hmm. even able to do it a little bit on the Dolphins. I mean, they're not scoring 50 points, but they can march down the field and put a couple possessions together. Packers, no fourth, no third down conversion until a penalty in the fourth quarter on Sunday. So that's a problem. And then the other thing is, and this is what Rogers mentioned, and I'll talk to Kevin about this too. He says, maybe this is the best thing for us. Maybe we can go in there as the underdog with something to prove. So you can get spanked or what? Like I, I, I Usually well, here, I'm here fine to finish with what that Rogers up. said. This is terrible. Let me finish. But, but, 
It's my show, Toby. It's like old times. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I can I can just turn your mic off. Like old times. Yeah. Screw you and your stupid team that beat us. Okay. But what I wanted to finish that was saying, um, you know, these other teams now, they're beating the Packers and wearing cheese heads. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Well, there's a swagger. It's like we beat a good team and we believed we could beat a good team. You saw McLaurin going, yeah. You saw Heineke going, come on, F, yeah. Can Do the Packers, does that – does that chromosome even exist in their DNA? The ability to, as Rogers is trying to say, maybe this is the best thing for us. Does the underdog mentality of let's go into Buffalo and shock the world. Does that chromosome even exist in the makeup of this Packers team? Cause I don't think so. They get punched in the mouth. They wilt. They say a little adversity. It's over. You're expecting me to think that a team that can't handle any adversity is going to thrive as an underdog bills by 30. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see it. And I think very possibly the most we've seen most fired up. We've seen Matt LaFleur in his tenure in green Bay was that call on Eric Stokes that really changed the football game. Uh, the fumble and a scoop and score for the Packers. that was negated by that penalty. I think that was the most fired up you've seen Matt LaFleur. I think sometimes, Coaches have to change things up a little bit, whether it's their demeanor on the sideline, whether it's the game plan, something to spark their team. I mean, ultimately, it's on the coach to get these things figured out. And I don't know if it means Matt LaFleur has to be more fiery in the meeting rooms this week, whatever the case may be. But you're right. I mean, you see guys getting fired up to beat the Packers and you see Sauce Gardner playing with that swag and then wearing the cheese head afterwards. Washington just kind of copycatted off of that. But even so, I mean, it's a good win for Washington. If Green Bay can go in and beat Buffalo next week, they need to feel the same sort of way that they went in and knocked off the Giant. Because right now, the Packers are not a top contender in the NFC. They're not a top contender in the NFL. And they want to be there, but they're not right now. So they need to change their mentality of being on top of the world to – Hey, we got to fight and claw for every inch, and we are not the best team in football anymore. We got to claw with our fingernails for that inch. <laughs> Real quick, I want to ask you this though: like, who do you blame a lot of these struggles on? Because for me, like, a lot of people are going to go with Aaron Rodgers, and I think he, like, one thing that we do a terrible job of is we always want to blame just a singular guy, so we can have one fall guy, and then we leave everything else the same. Like, I think there's plenty of people that deserve blame but a lot of people i see are jumping on rogers there's people jumping on the floor but for some reason people like refuse to jump on brian gutekinst when he's the one that ultimately decided that this offense was going to be fine with lazard as a number one romeo dobbs or christian watson as a number two randall cobb who's now injured amari rogers still back there returning kicks i mean goody's ultimately the one that decided who the players were, and then I don't necessarily think that Lafleur is putting them in optimal positions to succeed. So then you can blame him in those situations, and then I think Rodgers just doesn't trust what's going on on the field right now. So there's where you can blame Rodgers, but I think ultimately it comes down to with Lafleur and Rodgers, they can only do with what they're given, and I don't think they were given enough 
talent to work with on that offensive side of the ball. Um, who do I blame? I talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know if anyone is to blame. Like the great Howard Jones song, no one, no one, no one is to blame. You probably don't know it. I don't know it, no. Blame. I think we're the pack. So this Rodgers and Favre corollary, it's like the same sort of career trajectory. However, when it got to decision time, Favre was gone for Rodgers and Rodgers stayed. Now, love is not Rodgers, so there's the difference. But I think we're the Packers, because we're going to look back at this. Let's let's say Rodgers struggles. Maybe he'll play a little bit better, although I don't even know how I see that happening. The Packers were at a point where maybe long-term it was better than in the short-term to trade Rodgers, but they, I, don't, like, I don't feel like Gutekinds thought he could have done it. Well, I, the, I don't feel like, and maybe they needed a Ted Thompson, somebody in there that, didn't address the media that didn't care that locked himself in the offense all the time that that would have had the not the stones but less of a personal like like he didn't he was a robot and in that yeah. far decision it worked beautifully because you had half the more than half the fan base hated you but you made the right decision for the franchise there's too much feelings and emotion and um like politics and just you couldn't have two years ago if you trade Aaron Rodgers and get that package or even this year I don't know that that I, I just don't know that. But now, now, of course, that like now everyone says, of course, you should have. You had people that should have that says you should have then. But now, oh, of course. I mean, look what Denver gave to Seattle. Now Seattle's winning with Gino. I mean, of course, of course, now you should have. But in the moment, it was just like you couldn't do it. It's kind of hard to take yourself back there and describe a little bit. I, I, I think that there was too much going on. Then you had Murphy saying we're in silos. And then he tried to be like, happy go lucky with everybody and then maybe goody and lafleur weren't on the maybe they weren't on the same page and rogers is like just the aura around rogers there was just too much for it to work and i think that's what we're finding out well and part of me wonders too it's i don't know really how to phrase this idea because i was thinking about it on and off during the off season is like is this their all in year like they've kind of been doing the last couple of years or is this a we're going to build to another crescendo either next season or the season after that. And that's going to be Rogers parting gift. And that's a goodbye to Aaron Rodgers because, you know, last year, I think you could say that they, you know, had some of the things fall their way to try and win a Super Bowl, And it didn't happen. Like Rasul Douglas getting picked up off a practice squad and playing like an all pro corner. Those are usually stories that you hear about as guys that led the team to a Super Bowl, And that didn't happen for the Packers last year. So now they have to let go of Adams because of contracts that whatever, who, whoever you want to blame on that, whatever. But then they draft guys and they say, well, you know, we're not going to go sign any guy to come in here and be a true number one. We'll hope that Dobbs and Watson can get it figured out. But I almost wonder if it's a thing where they're like, we're going to do our best for this season, but ultimately next year and the year after we're really going to go for it again. And maybe we're just seeing that this well, team is going to make 60 million. Well, and that's that's the case. They're, they're, they, they're just they're just screwed. But that's the thing. They're going to have some of these guys still around, and they're still going to be able to make a run. I mean, it's going to cost you whatever. Moving on from Rodgers, like you said, maybe it was the right move. I still don't think it would have been, but either way, it would have been an incredibly tough decision that would have been incredibly scrutinized, and maybe it would have been the right decision. I don't know. 
but it, it's just an odd place where the Packers are at that, you know, like just referencing back, they came into Lambo or they came into FedEx field on Sunday and the Packers had a chance to win that football game. And I wasn't intimidated by the Packers. And I, I have, I don't know that I've ever been able to say that in my entire life, basically. Rogers is going to finish his career like Kobe where it's like, it's just him and a bunch of scrubs because he's sucking up and they, you know, the Lakers RIP to Kobe, of course, but the Lakers were basically like, well, let's just give Kobe a retirement going off on a farewell tour. Yeah. And, and, and that's not what the Packers wanted to do, but that's what's happening. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things that like Brian Gutekinds decided that, and I, I don't blame him. He didn't want to be the guy that ran Aaron Rodgers out of town because you don't want to have that on your resume as a GM. And I don't blame him. But in turn, what he decided to do was build up the defense that hasn't played up to its standard, even though statistically they're fine. Like if you watch the games, you know that that defense isn't what it could be. And that's because of Joe Barry. And then you decided that you were going to disarm the offense or not equip them as well as you have in the past, which I think you've kind of failed them in the past as well. And I, I don't know. I just feel like this is a bit of an indictment on Goody, but it's one of those things where maybe they stink this year and they get one of those mid round, mid first round picks. Maybe they get into the playoffs or maybe they just miss. And if they retool a little bit, I mean, is this a Packers team that could be right back in the mix next year? Yeah, I think they could be just what's Rogers level of commitment at this point. Do you see him coming back past, this year, honestly, if they keep struggling, I mean, it's not a good time right now in Green Bay. Toby, I love you like a producer and acquaintance friend. <laughs> <laughs> love you too, Bart. All right, Toby Altizer, Kevin Payne. We'll talk Buffalo Green Bay coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bart Winkler show, and we're going to go back into the Rolodex. Call up our old friend, rotowire.com, fantasy expert, Buffalo Bills fan, 
Kevin Payne. Painter. What's up? What's going on, Bart? Oh, it's good to hear you again, dude. <laughs> I know. It's not Thursday morning, is it? <laughs> it's not a Thursday morning. Uh, the phone calls are not coming in. The tweets are not coming in. But I guess Casey Payne, uh, Casey Payne, P-A-Y-N-E 26 on Twitter, you're still getting people every week hitting you up, which I would expect because once you get a guy, once you find a guy that's going to give you free fantasy advice, you know, th- just because the radio show went away doesn't mean he needs to. Yeah, and so here's the weird thing about being a, a fantasy expert, quote unquote, and I hate saying <laughs> I hate that term really. Um, I feel like so much you have out there on social media that everybody has a good idea. They usually come to me with like the coin flip. Like, do I take this guy or this guy? Receiver A, receiver B. They're both basically going to be, you know, well close of each other. And somebody's just looking for a tiebreaker. And that's usually why they come to me and say, is there anything I'm missing basically in this matchup? It could be a matchup. I mean, I t- take a look every week and not everybody does this. And, you know, how do the matchups line up for this running back against opposing defenses? How does this matchup line up for a quarterback or whatnot? Or is somebody trending in a positive direction? So uh, still getting a lot of questions from the good people of Wisconsin. And I will continue to answer each and every question. The one thing that drives me nuts is try to get them in early. I'm setting my lineup. So if you, Go ahead and, and text me or shoot me a DM, you know, 15, 20 minutes before the game starts. You know, I might not be able to get to it. Newsflash. But if you get to me the day before, if you get to me six hours before kickoff, I always go ahead and get to those. So I'm still going to go ahead and field questions for the rest of the season. I'd like to coin myself a so-called fantasy expert, too, because I'm in seven <laughs> leagues. And in four of them, I made sure I drafted Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> and I, you know how many of my leagues I have Josh Allen in? <laughs> zero. Zero You're a Buffalo guy. Oh my gosh! And and my kind of philosophy this year uh, was to go with Jalen Hurts worked out great, and Trey Lance not Ooh. so great. Uh, and I think Trey Lance had he stayed healthy, I think he would have been really good. And given the cost, I mean, it hasn't killed my season when I've taking, you know, guys like Trey Lance and, you know, there's backups out there, but at the same time, man, no shares of Josh Allen. I always, cause it's always, especially a lot of the leagues I do are local that you're going to pay the premium. Like you guys there, you're going to pay a premium for Aaron Rodgers. Not anymore. Yeah. Or you're going to pay a premium for Josh Allen. So that's the reason why I've stayed away from him in the past and, and why I don't have any shares. And I am totally, totally regretting it right now. Well, I took him a lot. I always took him a, le- uh, a round sooner than I thought he would go because I really did want him. Uh, I had him last year, um, or I had him. I won with him recently, and I wanted him again. I'd, I'd like if I win with you, I want you again. I, I mean, just like a lot of people. But the reason I'm an expert isn't Josh Allen. It's because he was on a bye this week, and so I picked up Daniel Jones, who I've always liked, and he had a very Josh Allen week. So that's why I'm the expert. Yeah, uh, Vanilla Vic. Uh, somebody coined the phrase <laughs> and I guess it goes, I guess it's been used around the country, but vanilla Vic is wow. what people are calling Daniel Jones. And I have him sitting on my bench in a dynasty league and look at give credit to Dable, the head coach of the giants who used to be the offensive coordinator for the bills. And Dable's had his issues with Daniel Jones in the past, but at some point do we start to wonder, is this Giants team actually good? I mean, we keep saying that they've been lucky, but, at the end of the day, maybe this Giants team is just good. And that NFC East 
has taken a complete 180. Worst division in football last year, arguably, and I think the records indicate that. Now, all of a sudden, they're really, really good. So, uh, man, Daniel Jones is having himself a good season, doing it with some different receivers. Wendell Robinson, I think, is the guy that they're hoping that kind of goes out and takes that next step. Kadarius Tony, I mean, he's done nothing this year. He's been banged up. I have one dynasty league to cut you off. I have one dynasty league where I have, I think, Slayton. No, I have Galladay, Tony, and Shepard. Oh, my gosh. And what a waste of money. What a bad trade Galladay was. We we could go on a five-minute segment about that. But you look at this team, and Daniel Jones is getting it done with a bunch of guys. He lost Bellinger yesterday. So uh, there was a whole new Maya Tuck or some wide or tight end I've got to write about today is for purposes of the waiver wire article. But Daniel Jones and I, as I said, give credit to Brian Dayball. He's been, I think, the difference. Offensive genius here from locally here in Buffalo from West Seneca, which is about 20 minutes south of me. All right. So the Packers and the Bills play this week, which I thought yep. would be a great opportunity to reconnect with you. And I'm going to Buffalo and I want to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> But this Packers team is awful. Uh, everything about them is is bad. I don't know. Like Lafleur is, he looks lost. The defense is on paper. I thought they'd be the '85 Bears. They are confused to when they line up next to each other. The offensive line still is not playing the five best guys together. Uh, the running backs are being underused. The quarterback. I don't know what his problem is. Him and Brady both look like they just stopped caring at the same time. The wide receivers, while I didn't think it like, obviously they lost Devante, but I mean, the, the performance they gave Sunday, is just drop, drop, drop. It was really bad from your perspective on the Packers. Are, are they cooked? I think they might be. And like, let's talk about these guys, these quarterbacks, you you brought up Tom Brady, and then I guess that's a, that's you know something that's going to be in the media all this week. But you take a look at these guys in their personal lives, and we know what Brady's going through. We know Rogers has you know been through girlfriends and whatnot, and ayahuasca, and you hear all this stuff. You, you got to wonder that somehow is coming into play. You know, just the personal lives, and I guess we don't. You know, we just identify, especially from a fantasy standpoint, how many fantasy points can these guys give me on a weekly basis? And we don't kind of take a look at the human aspect when it comes to them. Um, but yeah, right now, if I'm taking a look at the Packers, man, and I thought for sure, I picked them against Washington. If you put up 21 points, you should be able to beat the commanders. If you only put up 21 points, you got to ask yourself, how did we only put up 21 points against the Washington commanders? Cause they're not a very good football team. So coming in here to Buffalo, I mean, you guys saw them probably on the primetime game. Uh, a few weeks ago when they absolutely throttled the Tennessee Titans after beating the Rams in Los Angeles, it's not going to be a pleasant place to play. Now, I will tell you this. I look outside, and I'm sure this happens to you too. If you guys ever travel south or people in Wisconsin, you probably hear, oh, I hear the weather's bad. When I travel south from Buffalo, I hear how horrible the weather is, and it snows all the time. No, it's 72 out right now. I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing a T-shirt. Uh, yeah, this weekend, all I mean, I think because Buffalo right now is kind of in the same weather and pattern as Wisconsin. I was looking at the forecast where it's nice this weekend and then it'll be like in the 50s, but I hate it. Yeah, so that could be a deciding factor. So I think my wife said by Thursday or Friday, <laughs> it's going to start raining. The temperature is going to drop. That mm. plays into the Packers' favor, I think. I think if you have optimal- – I mean, the Packer, Kevin, the Packers are so far gone that – I mean, because – when we did the post game the other day, the uh, spread was nine and a half initially. I think I saw it up to 11. 
a little rain ain't going to stop Josh Allen. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Um, but if anything, that will help the Packers. I got to think any sort of weather far from ideal will help the Packers. Um, so I, I don't know. I would expect this to be an easy win. And every time where I've been like questioning the bills or whatever, they've blown the other team out, whether it was the Rams, the Titans, the Steelers, that game was an absolute joke. And even go back to the chiefs game. Uh, there was a blatant call that was missed with the, guy sacked Josh Allen and he blatantly tripped him. I mean, they ran through the replay yeah. and the referee staring at it. And that never was a, a storyline because the Bills still pulled it out and won the game. Had they lost that, I think that would have been more of a storyline. I mean, you're talking about shifting the, you know, the power in the AFC and where, who's going to get home field advantage, you know, potentially down the road. And trust me, nobody's going to want to come to Buffalo in, in January. So, um, yeah, I, I got to think that the Bills, this is a pretty easy game. The Packers, two games in a row. And and the Bills know what to do on defense. That's the difference, I think, from last year's team, is they could put up a ton of points last year. But right now, this defense is on par with being as good as the offense. And that tr- spells trouble for the Packers this weekend. Well, the Commanders only rushed one time, I guess. Uh, so the Bills can just kind of sit back and, and drop in coverage and, and you know get, let their guys get home if the Packers are going to play like that. I think – the only the only way that I can convince myself into a Packers win, which I won't, but you've looked at what the Packers have done the last couple of weeks, and there seems to be this trend now. Uh, Sauce Gardner did it; he put a cheese head on, and then one of the commanders on his Instagram afterwards, he put a cheese head on too. And there, there's a swagger with these other teams. When I watched the Commanders, the last touchdown where Heineke hit McLaurin, they were celebrating. As if it was like, and I know finally McLaurin gets in the end zone, but they were like, we did it. We're going to beat the Packers. This is still a big deal. You know, we're the scrappy ones. We're playing harder. We did it. The Packers need to have that mentality coming in the Buffalo. Rodgers kind of alluded to that. The thing is, I just don't see it in this Packers team. I don't see that Packers locker room looking at each other saying, here's the spot we're in. I think mentally, like, they might be able to say, here's the spot we're in. We can go, but they're they're not going to physically do it. So my fear is, they just don't have the mentality of these other teams. They don't They don't have the mentality of the Jets. They don't have the mentality of the commanders where embrace the underdog role, go in there, underdog, dog bark on cue, perfect. Um, so that's what, my, that's what my fear is, that, is that they're, they're just going to go out there, think they can do one thing, but talent, I mean, talent is just, there's no place where the Packers are better than the Bills at this point, maybe running back. And I've always been down on Singletary, but they're finally using him. Uh, Packers don't use Jones. So I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I can't name you right now one place where the Packers are better. And I think that that spread is probably going to be indicative of the final result. Yeah. And I can't, and even stepping outside of the box as a Bills fan and taking a look at this team, like it's really hard to find a weakness. Like, as I said, like, the defense has caught up to the offense and the offense was already elite. Now you've gotten this elite defense. Leslie Frazier will probably have a head coaching spot. So like as a bills fan, I take a look at this and it's do or die now. I mean, they lost Dable. He's the head coach for the giants. Now Um, Ken Dorsey has been fantastic. I mean, he might get his name tossed around in circles for a head coaching spot. If the bills go all the way and, 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 you know, have a really successful season, which is what they're heading towards. But 
I don't see an area. And here's the crazy thing about the Bills, and I want to bring this up about their defense. Number one, Matt Milano might be the most underrated defensive player in the league. Such a good linebacker. He got harped on last game because, guess what, Travis Kelsey beat him a couple times. Well, Travis Kelsey is going to beat a bunch of guys in coverage, especially linebackers. But, but, Tredavious White hasn't played a snap for the Bills. Shut down corner. Like, let's just even be being diplomatic. Top three corner in the league when he's healthy. He's going to come back for Buffalo. So you get this shutdown corner. You guys know, any football fan knows what you can do with a shutdown corner and how that affects the defense. Leaving a guy one-on-one out there on an island. We've seen it in the past, Deion Sanders, uh, all these great corners that we've seen in the league. You can leave those guys out there on an island. It totally changes the defense. So that's going to make the Bills even better. I don't see how the Packers pull this out, especially these standalone games and even going back to last year in the playoffs when they played the New England Patriots and absolutely lambasted them and took out 15 years of Belichick Brady beating the heck out of us for 15 years or whatever how long it's been took it out in that one game so the standalone game I think also means something as well I I don't see how the Packers win but they play these games for a reason and and you never know but I think it's going to be tough also adding in the factor that the Bills are coming off the bye the Packers have been on the road. This will be their second home game. Um, and, again, you're dealing with one of the best home environments in all of football. Yeah, uh, if Packer fans are not aware of this now, be aware of it right now. The Bills are coming off a bye. Uh, so that that's not – I mean, any, any, any avenue that you take to try to talk yourself into the Packers maybe, oh, by the way, Bills are coming off a bye. I feel with the Bills fans, and we'll see when I go out there, but I feel, I feel like you're in uh, – 2020 2021 bucks mode where you've got the best team you've got the best player but you're not going to believe anything until it actually happens with the history that 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 you've gone through um you know the bucks had that history where we're not going to believe anything until it happens so i think that bills fans it's got to be like you're excited but this is going to be the most nervous watching year of all time for you guys. It is. It is. I have anxiety each and every week. Every time I see, and I know everybody loves to make memes, memes, whatever they're called. Memes, uh, Kevin, in 2022. Over, yeah. Of Josh Allen hurtling over people. I mean, there's literally uh, a street in Buffalo called Hurdle Avenue. It's, it's actually a great spot. H-E-R-T-E-L. And people literally go after every game and put up Hurdle Avenue and put a picture of Josh Allen above it. Every time he goes up in the air, all I can think of is land safely. Do not tear an ACL. And that I, I have anxiety every week. Get out of bounds. Don't take the big hit. But every single week he gets back up and he's just fine. And I really think that's the only thing that's going to derail his team is if something happens to Josh Allen. And when you talk about MVP in the MVP race, when you can say that about one player, We've said in the past about Aaron Rodgers. We said in the past about Patrick Mahomes. That is the true mark of an MVP. If you take them away from the team, can that team still win without them? With this Bills team, probably. But are they going to have the upside, the potential success that they're going to have without Josh Allen? Obviously, absolutely not. So I'm going. Uh, it's our Packer trip. We took two years off with the pandemic, JK. Um, but we took two years off. We're going to Buffalo. It's Halloween weekend, which I got a three-year-old kid. I'm bummed out that I'm going to miss. But I justified it by was like, oh, at least I'm going to go watch a good Packer team. Well, I'm not. So now I'm going to Buffalo. Flights are ridiculous uh, price-wise. So I am making the drive 10 hours. 
spending Friday night in Cleveland to pick up a buddy. So Saturday should be fine. And then I'm going to drive back on Monday by myself, uh, which is going to be awful. So I'll be behaved on Sunday. So what I think we're going to do is get in Saturday. Uh, I'm probably going to try to go to the Sabres game. The Sabres are my NHL team. They play Saturday night. They're good. They're really good. They are the most underrated team in the NHL. They are finally because the year that I decided I liked them, it was the last time they made the playoffs. Yeah, no, they are legit good. They got a bunch of young guys and uh, Tuck, who had a <laughs> who had a hat trick the other night. I think it was in Calgary. He goes to all these Bills games and tapes himself, and nobody has any clue who he is. Leading scorer for the Sabres. Nobody at the Bills games has any clue who he is because think about it. I, and I guess maybe with you know with football, you see these guys without their helmets on. But with hockey, these guys are always wearing their helmets, so you don't really see them without it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, the Sabres are a very good hockey team. So any – maybe I'll run into him at the game. Uh, any, I, and I always hate when people ask me, what should I do in Milwaukee? I don't know, dude. Like there's a hundred different things to do and go to like a visitor's guide, figure it out, go downtown and find something. But I think that we need to be involved in the tailgate scene. Is that probably accurate? We went to Kansas city. We screwed up. Was not a part of the tailgate scene. We got there like late. It was dumb. I got to see people smash tables. Right. I mean, is that, I would I think so, but I'm, I've been looking at social media and I haven't seen as much. Uh, you got to go figure out where Pinto Ron is. He's the guy that they spray ketchup and I still don't know what that's about, but whatever. Spray ketchup and mustard on. Um, before the game? Yeah, before the game. They okay. will spray ketchup and mustard all over the guy. Again, not really sure what it's about, but something that they do. Pinto Ron, so try to seek him out. Uh, a lot of the players will come down and be in the parking lots before the games. They will smash chairs. There will be people videotaping it. They'll be jumping off of campers. And here's the difference, I think, between <laughs> the Bills tailgates now and maybe years ago. Years ago, you might have gotten into a fight bar. But these years, because you're you're going there with guys, Blue Collar City, just like probably where you guys are from. Blue Collar City, these guys save up their savings to buy Bills tickets every year. They don't go on lavish vacations. They buy Bills tickets. So years ago, if when they were losing, they would want to fight somebody afterwards because they spent all this money on Bills tickets and they were losers. Nowadays, you're more than likely to find somebody who's going to offer you a beer when you walk past them. And I think that just kind of changes the demeanor. We know we're a winning team. It's the culture. It's everything that the Bills have been built around. Just good people. And the Bills at Buffalo is known as the uh, city of brotherly love. And uh, I think you'll see more of that than what we have in the past. Maybe a little bit less destruction of tables, but I'm pretty sure there will still be some. We went to, I'm trying to like draw comparisons. I went to a Sunday night game between the Packers and New England. Packers won the Super Bowl that year, but Matt Flynn was starting because Rodgers was hurt. And so New England thought they would kill us. And they eventually won the game, New England did. But while they thought they would kill us, they were the, I mean, I was surprised. I'm like, I'm in Boston. These are the nicest fans ever. And then the Packers only lost by like one score. And even, even though the Patriots fans saw their team win because it was only by one score, they, they were like the biggest assholes ever afterwards. Yeah, they, they, they weren't like, you guys won though. You won. Oh, I'll get the hell out of here. What the yeah, word? No. You won. So I, yeah, I would, I would hope to be, I would hope to chug some beers with some Buffalo fans. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you'll have that opportunity. Um, a lot of good people. There's been a lot of interesting stories that I'm sure I could get into things that um, 
how do I say the females of Buffalo have done for Josh Allen jerseys in the parking lot? You can let your imagination go and probably uh, figure out what I'm talking about. A lot of interesting things do happen here in Buffalo, but I think you'll enjoy it. We, it it's a great city. If you if you come here and you've got time, Niagara Falls isn't far away. That's a nice little day trip, even if you stay on the American side. Uh, if you're going to go get wings. Can I, I just really- go over to Canada? Do I just need my passport or do I have to like – yeah, I think that's all set now. My, my oldest just turned 19, and I think he went up uh, – he's going up this weekend, and I think. So I think it's – I think they've – Can I, like, drive into Canada, drive around the block, say I've been to Canada, and drive back, or is it like – probably or- can. I think so. So just – you have to go. There's actually three different crossing points. Just figure out which one is the least busy because some of them you can wait up to an hour or two to get across, and there are others that you can get across in 10, 15 minutes easily. But uh, that's something I would try to do. And then uh, there's a bunch of good places for chicken wing. Uh, the big ones are Anchor Bar and Duff's. Those are kind of like generic name brand ones that have multiple location. Uh, there's a place called Barbell in East Aurora that's near the stadium. I would try to go there and get wings. They've got a honey barbecue, uh, gosh, what are they, honey barbecue parmesan or something like that that are really good. But definitely go ahead and try to figure out some wing places. There's a ton of great places to eat here in Buffalo, as uh, my waistline will tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, my mine's getting out of control as well. Uh, you're not going by chance, are you? I am not. So here's the funny story. Well, not really funny a story, but the last three Bills games I have been to, they have lost by three points. So let's go back. We have an extra ticket. We have an extra ticket. We have an extra ticket. Oh, do you? <laughs> no. So let me tell you the story. <laughs> the last time I went was my wife and I, the Bills fans travel awesome now i mean we're right up there with the steelers the cowboys we travel really well we went to jacksonville last year jacksonville horrible team last year beat my bills nine to six game i go to let's go back to the to days in dallas on a monday night last second field goal the bills lose by three let's go back to the it was either i think it was the year before that brady quinn's leading the uh, the cleveland browns we lost by three i was at that game last second field goal Last three games, the Bills have all lost close games that they should have won, had the game within hand. I have, I, I'm refusing to go to any Bills games this year. Absolutely refusing. And I'm not, I'm not one of those weirdos who believes in superstitions or whatnot, but in this case, I'm just not even going to risk it. Yeah, no, it's, it, I get it. I totally get it. Hey, good to catch up. I really do appreciate uh, talking to you again, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Bart. Kevin Payne, rotowire.com. Sign up for your free trial. Check out his waiver wire piece. What a guy. Good to check in with him again. Him and his doggies. Hey, we're going to hear from Coach Bart Lundy. University of Milwaukee. Um, Is not what it's called. It's called the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. UWM. Why don't I just redo this? I don't know. I don't care. HappyPlaceHemp.com. HappyPlaceHemp. Promo code BART. Get 25% off your order. Let's see. I'm going to dip into the old uh, jar right now and see what I should take. I got the CBD and CBG. That's THC free. No THC in there. There are some of their products that do the THC in it. They they have enough that it's good, but not enough that it – becomes then illegal in the state. So all these products I'm talking about are legal in Wisconsin. Uh, so if you're in Wisconsin or if you're in a state where, 
you normally have to drive over the border to get you know some of the stuff you like. You don't have to do that with these products. HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART. It gets you 25% off your order. That promo code is good for every order that you make. So they've got a lot of different products to help you get calm and relax, whether it's the Delta 8 gummies or the Delta 9, the THCOs you can go for. Uh, so they've got those kind of products. They do have other different stuff to, you know, whether it's some people take them and they say it helps me stay sharp. Some people take them and say it helps ease the pain a little bit, the CBD. Some people, I like the products that I take at night. Oh, uh, this one that I'm going to live chew on the air. Mm, can you hear that? Mm, I'm chewing a gummy and it tastes good. Mango. This is a CBD CBG. And that's just to kind of, you know, stay alert throughout the day. Uh, I do have, what did they give me? Ooh, full spectrum. Maybe I'll, ooh, ooh, Delta 9. This, this uh, Delta 9. This has got Packers bills written all over it to me. Save some money when I go out there and just kind of be in the zone, I think, is the appropriate plan. Check out their products, though. Check out what they have. Uh, different thing, uh, different things for different people. Uh, you know, didn't just try it and see what you like. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. B-A-R-T. The promo code is BART. Happyplacehemp.com. 25% off each order all right uh, a couple of voicemails before we go to bart lundy that i wanted to get onto the show 402-915 bart of course is the number to call 402-915 bart and they are packer related i've got my main man john hey this is john and franklin some comments about another horrible sunday of packer football Packers played just good enough or bad enough to lose to a bad football team. Shout out to Packer fan for playing strong in that stadium. Very impressive. The only impressive thing. Why the hell is Amari Rogers back on punts? I don't understand this. I do not understand this. It's not working out. It hasn't worked out. There is no way if I was coaching that team, he would have been catching a punt. And at the end of the day, it's what cost us the game. Because that's how you keep a bad team in the game. You had Heineke on the ropes. He made a lucky throw, but to a great receiver, which unfortunately we don't have. This is on Brian Gutekunst. His horrible response to Devontae's departure. Ill-preparedness. Not getting a veteran receiver back from them in the deal. Brian, if you're sitting at a poker table and you don't know where the soft money is, you're the soft money. It is a shame that the John and Franklin call that we're able to bring to you comes little later in the week on a voicemail in that live rip roar and six fifteen AM on a Monday morning, like God intended it to be. Uh let me go to Craig. Hey Mark, this is Craig Thompson. Hey, I was listening to your podcast this morning and I heard that uh, heard somebody refer to that. Gutekind built a hell of a team, and yeah, that's a joke. So first of all, how do you consider this a great team when we have a dumpster fire for a receiving core? We've got three China dolls and a guy with one good leg. 
and we've just neglected it for the last three years. And we let one of the best receivers go, and we did nothing to get back in return except for nothing. We did nothing. Secondly, obviously, the Darius Thomas was the heart of that team because we have no soul, defensively or offensively. So kudos, you let the Ron Smith go. Mr. Darius now is on the 5-1 Vikings, and we're sitting here acting like we are, we've never seen a football before. And three, which is my biggest complaint, is why in the hell does Joe Barry have a job? After being a defensive coordinator for a team that went 0-16, he should not even be allowed to even look at a football. Like, if he walked into Dick's Sporting Goods, they should just usher him the fuck out. There is no reason for this man to be anywhere near a football team. We have spent so much draft capital to try to build up that defense, and this is what we get in return because of that guy. It's like watching a monkey try to fuck a football. Anyways, that's all I got. I love this podcast. <laughs> keep it up. I, I will keep subscribing, and I tell all my friends. Have a good one. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. We had a nice, clean episode going. We got a D1 basketball coach coming up next. And then we're talking about monkeys banging footballs. Only on the Bart Winkler Show. Good stuff, guys. 402-915-BART. 402-915-BART. All right, UWM. Look, they had a weird year last year. Patrick Baldwin came, played for like six quarters. Now he's a warrior. His dad, I don't even remember where his dad landed. Where did Patrick Baldwin Sr. go? Is he on the Warriors staff? He is currently... Oh, he's an assistant at Georgetown. Oh, good for him. All right. Uh, he was, I liked him. His teams were bad, but I liked him. So through the power of podcasting, they've got a new era. Only four guys are back from last year's team. 13 new players and a new head coach who sort of shares my name. Through the power of podcasting, as I mentioned, we now transport into the office of Bart Lundy where I sat down with him on the campus of the University of Milwaukee which again I got the name wrong I am in a very nice office wow this is so normally coach Bart Lundy's here from the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team normally where I broadcast it's in my basement and it's very decrepit and scary. Uh, here I am in a very nice office, in an office that you've been in now for about five months, hired as the new coach. How's it going, man? Good. We just got the office put together. It went four months, uh, a month ago, that didn't have anything in it. So oh. we were just doing work. So now it's uh, we've put stuff on the walls. And, yeah, it looks know, good. Moving and shaking. Well, obviously, I'm interested in you because your name is Bart. Yeah, you know. We shared suffering. We've we've talked about that. We have. Yeah. Am I? I'm 38. Am I the youngest Bart that you know at this point? I would say probably. Yeah. I, I have a kid. I have a kid who's three, and I was never going to name him Bart Junior. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know the worst part for me. I don't know if we talked about this, but Bart's a nickname for me. Yeah. Since I was born, but that's uh, what you go by. That's what I go by. But I had more than one teacher tell me. Uh, it's Jason Barrett and had more than one teacher insist to me that uh, at, when I was a kid that you can't get Bart from Barrett. 
which they, all the letters are there. I don't know yeah. why you can't get it, but it was a little traumatic. Well, Bart is my my name, and it's not Bartholomew. Yeah, it's just Bart. And I always like I like the name. I I, I like that there's a uniqueness to it. Um, I don't like that it rhymes with fart. <laughs> And I don't like that my last name is Winkler, and that rhymes with Stinkler, and that's a <laughs> oh good. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's worse than I got it. But I like the name. But yeah. also the thing that I've always uh, had a hard time with my name. I've liked. My, I mean, I'm named after Bart Starr. Oh, that's yeah. So I like my name. But to me, Bart is more of a noise than a name. Yeah, it's not a name. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Bart. I feel like because when you're yeah. like. You know, you've been at a couple stops now. When you're applying to places, are you like, are they going to take me seriously with the name yeah. Bart? Yeah. That's how I'm feeling right now, applying to jobs. Yeah, I just go by Coach Lundy. Yeah. <laughs> Bart. What is, what? is this a real application? What are we doing? Maybe you should do Podcaster Winkler. Podcaster, yeah. I got to drop the. I, I'm like leaning into the name Bart because it's so unique. But maybe yeah. maybe on the job front. It's just it the way be. it comes out. Bart. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a bathtub noise. <laughs> I'm really excited for you to be the coach of the Panthers. I'm excited to see uh, what the new direction is. I know that things are, you know, hectic and, and haywire. And I'm, I'm here at the media day. So uh, you were just talking and you went through some stuff. I think it's four returning guys, yeah. 13 new guys. I think that being here for as long as I've been, and you've been here with Marquette too, for a little bit, about a decade ago. Yeah. Um, I think that the – the Milwaukee Panther program is something that people are like wanting to get invested in and just waiting for the right time. Cause when, you know, when they make the tournament, it's a big, exciting weekend. And when, you know, last year, everything, there was some excitement towards it, but it's a D one school in a city where there's another D one program. It's just that the, the, the program may be at 12 wins here, 13 wins here. It's not been, like there's a lot going on. There's admirals in the wave and you're competing with all that stuff. So yeah. there's, I'm telling you, there are people that want this program to succeed. And so I think what's going to be part of your journey is getting it to that point. Are you close already to that point or where, where do you think the avenues are to make this town excited for this program as much as you are excited for it? Yeah. I think it's two things. One, you got to put a team out there that's fun to watch, you know, that, I don't have any doubt we're going to do that. And then you got to win over time. You know, you got to, you got to build it up. But um, when I go into a room and I've been in a lot of rooms in Milwaukee speaking at this point, uh, I, I say now, raise your hand if you're a UWM grad and you'd be shocked at how many folks have graduated from here. And so I have no doubt at this point that if we win and we put a good product out there that, people will come from all over yeah. and support us. Um, and that's different. You know, I was winning 30 games a year before I came here. We're going division one, all, all that stuff. Uh, well, we were never going to have that. And there's 200,000 graduates of this university and 75% live in the state. Yeah. So if you just 24,000 students right now go here. So if you just process the numbers, you know, we're, we're the city school. I know there's another university and I coach there. It's, yeah. it's a great place, <laughs> um, but we're the city school yeah. and that's, and there's a niche for us. There's a place for us and there's a, a huge fan base for us. 
Well, I've, I mean, I'm one of four boys, and uh, two of my brothers went here. And so, yeah, they're, they're one uh, lives in town, the other doesn't. But I wear my Milwaukee stuff all the time, and people say, hey, nice shirt. And I say, you're going to a game? They go, nah. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's start going to games. Like, let's start, you know, getting excited about this team. And I think where there was some of that excitement maybe a year ago, obviously last year a lot went on with this program, and now you're here to – and I won't even want to say pick up the pieces because there's not a lot of people. There's four guys, like right. you said. And so what's interesting for your challenge is you were at a, how long were you last spot? Eight years, nine years, nine years. Nine yeah. years. And so you're coming into Milwaukee as the new guy. And sometimes when these new coaches come into a new program, they come into a new guy, but everything's already established. You got the kids there. Mm-hmm. You got the coaches there. You got, I mean, you bring in some of your own guys, but a lot's established. You're coming into a new spot, and like so is everybody else. So, you know, on one on one point, like there's a lot you have to do, but on the other, it's almost I think that you can kind of create this program to be how you want it to be, right? Yeah, I mean that that's in essence what happened over the last five months. We created a new program. There was, you know, we had to have eleven games. We had three games scheduled. Purdue at Purdue, at Iowa State, at Rhode Island. That's what I inherited. Um, I brought one staff member, so a whole new staff. Hired a whole new staff. And you guys are favored at Purdue, right? Last time yeah. I, checked? <laughs> I don't no? know about that. Okay. I don't, I don't look at such things. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, do, and you're not. <laughs> but good luck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we scheduled seven, eight games, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's really difficult. Uh, and seven of those are at home. So, um you know, we scheduled it. We got 13 new players. Uh, I think we're on 21 official visits at this point, which is a lot of meals out. Uh, gained a little weight. <laughs> Moved family. Um, so it, it has literally been, you know, constructing this from the ground up. And, and I think you're right. You know, I'd rather do it this way than, you know, and inherit somebody else's program and, you know, have to have to figure out the the pieces of that because, you know, I didn't know the former staff at all. You know, it's not like I was part of their, they had great success and I was a part of their tree and here we go. You know, this is, this is all new. I I find it such a fascinating job, the, the job of college basketball coach and really any college coach, because, you know, when I used to play like college 96 or 97 football, I'd play the games. I would skip the recruiting. I'd be like, I'm not doing this even in a video game. I don't want to do this in real (laughs) life. And then, so you haven't coached a game yet, but these last five months, I mean, I don't know what you do. Like, I don't know if you ever have time off. I mean, you're acclimating this campus to this new team. I did when we talked on the radio a few months ago, I was, I was driving through campus and I saw you like talking to some kids and I was going to like roll down my window and be like, coach, <laughs> I almost crashed. So I didn't do that, but there's a lot of that. And then there's recruiting and then there's blending everything together. And so I think that, you know, when you look at college and especially the horizon league, a one bid conference, most of the time, like there's obviously that goal of playing your best in March, as you talked about uh, at the, at the press conference and getting to that point, but being a college coach, I mean, you may, let's say you don't don't go to the NCAA tournament ever and you're here for a good amount of time. There's still a lot of other areas to win. Like you're winning with these kids and you're winning with 
the campus. I just find it so, I just think it's a lot of work, dude. And I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I, man, how do yeah. you do it? How do you balance everything? Yeah. I think you, you, you prioritize and, and, uh, uh, everybody talks about, um, uh, work-life balance, uh, I don't talk about work-life balance because there, there is none. It's, it's work-life flow. Yeah. Because there are times, you know, May, sometime in August, that I can get away and do some things. You know, the off-season's not as hard as in-season. Um, so, you know, educating your family. Well, you have five that. kids, right? Yeah, five kids. And most, most of them are older, which okay. has made it possible for okay. me to do. If they were all still here, it'd be. <laughs> this would have been a tougher move yeah. over the last five months. So they're, they're still on the payroll, but they're not, uh, they're not, uh, you know, day to day needing me as much as they used to. Okay. All right. All right. Good. That is tough though. I mean, it is a one bid league and I always find this interesting. You, you talked about it, getting, getting to your best in March. It's It's gotta be hard, man. Cause if you, let's say you go through a losing streak or even you go through a winning streak, if it depends how you play in that tournament as to if you're yeah. going to continue your postseason, it's great that you get the opportunity to do that. I just find it, I don't want to say it's unfair. It's just, it's got to be hard to balance any success or failure when the definition of that from the outside is, did they make the tournament? No failure. Did they make it success? When, as I mentioned before, there's going to be a lot more periods of that throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, doing this a, a long time and um you know the style of play that we play you know early is going to be really fast and then but we're also going to learn how to play different styles you know and be able to to rev it up pull it back um so when, when i say we're going to be our best in march and we're going to try to to do that everything is going to be focused on that because i think the number one predictor or um uh, a measuring stick for us, you're exactly right. It's going to be that NCAA tournament. And I don't want to be here a bunch of years and not make the NCAA tournament. Right. That would suck. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. So, but rarely are you, are you so much better than your league that you can just roll into the tournament and, you know, not have to, not have to scratch and claw. Uh, and I think, you know, styles of play um, are really important. So uh, I don't know the league yet as much as I need to. But in a year, I'm going to know, okay, Wright State is the dominant team in the league, and this is the style they play. How do we make sure that we can beat the whoever is that is that barrier at that point? And I don't know that I knew that as a young coach. Yeah. You know, we're going to play how we play. And, yeah. Right? They and, adapt it, to us. Yeah, they adapt to yeah. us, you know, that, that kind of stuff. You, you've got to know what, what it's going to take to in those three days – to win your league and you got to hold things back and you got to spring it all. It's got to all come out in those, in those three games or four games, whatever it takes to win it. I was, uh, Nick Saban had said something. I heard an interview. I didn't talk to Nick Saban, obviously, but I, I heard him say something like, how do you still do it at this point? You know, you're in your seventies and he says he loves the games as much as he loves everything else. And it's almost like you do everything else. And then the game is where you watch, the measure of your success to be a college coach. As I was talking about, you have to love everything. Yeah. I mean, you have to love the interactions with the guys. You have to love the practices. You have to love 
meeting you guys and selling the program. And you got to love this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you also get to a point where I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it, there's, there's so many good things. <laughs> you, you know, not only can we influence these guys, but we can have a, an impact in the city. You know, the city needs us, Yeah. you know, the city needs our team to be successful and they need our guys out in that community and they need us to, you know, to give kids hope. And we really are a city school, you know, yeah. you know, if they're, not, nothing against Marquette, but, uh, you know, how many inner city Milwaukee kids relate to going on campus at Marquette? They yeah. don't, they don't, but UWM gives them, gives them a place where hey, I can change my life. And we're changing some of our guys, their first generation guys on our team. And so getting those guys out in the community and you saw two of them today, they've got good personalities. You know, I have to live with these guys. So when I'm recruiting them, I want to make sure I can, I can yeah. live with them, uh, you know, for years. Um, so they're good. They're good role models. They're good guys. Uh, our staff, uh, I think we can make an influence on on the city. Um, but again, you got to win games because nobody wants to hear you if you don't win games. Yeah, I'm telling you, I mean, you win games and people will start to take notice yeah. and then you won't think that they are maybe. But then if if it's even a Horizon League championship that you're in, people are going to be turning on the TV. So there is it's there. You just have to try to find it because it is, it's there. I know it's there. I've seen it be there. And so we'll see if this team and uh, it sounds like you're going to make it happen one way or another is that it's going to happen. Do you, do you look in the future? Are you looking at more like trying to keep kids here? Do you, do you have a focus on the Milwaukee area to to keep some of these kids around? Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've done so much work this summer. Uh, to catch me up on, on the this class, the, the 23s, the 24s, the 25s, um, we we are really trying hard. And I've got two guys from Milwaukee on my staff. You know, Jose Winston was here. You know, he's coach, the head coach at Brown Deer, and he's plugged into everywhere in the city. And then uh, Ben Walker was at Tennessee State, but he's from Milwaukee. And he was taking kids from Milwaukee to Tennessee State. Oh, geez, yeah, get them here. Yeah, and so um, we're really we're really tied in and plugged in. Um, you know, it's funny, recruiting is is timing and need. Um, so they've got to be what we need at the time that we need them. Uh, so it's not always going to work out, but we've, uh, you know, I think we've got the 22, 23, 24, we probably have – 10, 12 scholarship offers out already. Oh, great. So, you know, we're really trying hard to, to make some, make some hay here. And it, and it was kind of like that at my last spot. I was in Charlotte and first couple of teams didn't have many North Carolina team, kids on it. My last team before I took the job here had 12 North Carolina kids and four from the city. So, you know, it just happens over time and with success. Well, I'm rooting for you. Uh, not just because after the, Exile from radio. This is the one place that has credentialed me that I can come watch free games. But I want I want to see uh, the team succeed, the university, and any other fellow Bart. Yeah, uh, I want to see succeed. So all Barts are going to win. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. We'll be in touch and go Panthers. Yeah, go Panthers. I like that guy, man. Obvious name similarities, but sitting down with him, I I do like that guy, Coach Bart Lundy. Head coach of your Milwaukee Panthers. See, we, we cover it all. Uh, some stuff I still want to talk about on a later show, the World Series. You got the Phillies. 
and you got the Astros. Phillies should not have made the playoffs under any other format in baseball history, and now here they are. So chance for the Brewers? I don't know. Look at that payroll. So I do want to talk about the Brewers, and I do owe Brett and uh, Tosa uh, a full play of his voicemail that I shit on the other day on our Packers show. Tomorrow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Paul Limick and Evan Heffelfinger. And then Thursday's show is going to be taped on Wednesday night. We're going to do it live on YouTube after Bucks Nets. And then the Friday show will be picks with Horvat. And then I'm going to Buffalo. And I'm thinking maybe like a 20-minute post-game something. I don't know yet. If there's a podcast Monday, it will be my, my original plan is to take Monday and Tuesday off next week. But if there are, if there are podcasts, they will be short and messy, very, very messy. So we'll see bar Winkler show like, and subscribe. Thank you. As always talk to you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.